Hello, and welcome to another episode of Setting the Tone in the ER Retrospective, the show where we do a chronological breakdown of every episode of our favorite TV medical drama. My name is Elizabeth, and joining me today, as always, are Lauren. Hello. And Daniel. Hey. Today we'll be discussing Season 5, Episode 8, which is titled The Good Fight. The episode aired on November 19th, 1998. Lauren, what was going on that week 23 years ago? With impeachment proceedings still ongoing, Monica Lewinsky signs a book deal about her affair with President Bill Clinton. Vincent Van Gogh's painting, Portrait of the Artist Without Beard, sells at an auction for a staggering $71.5 million. That's just... why? Daniel turns nine this week. Hey! Hey! That was creepy. That came out of both of my headphones. Um... And the Waterboy fends off the newly released horror sequel, I Still Know What You Did Last Summer, to retain the box office crown. And what? Just, that's two, the, the, both those contenders, neither of them should be up there. <laughs> um, I, it's and, just, it's the odd horror movie released three weeks late. Yep. So. And Doo-Wop, That Thing by Lauren Hill is the new number one song. Daniel, put it on the playlist. I was going to say, yeah, if you haven't already, check out the Spotify playlist we have of all the number one uh, songs for ER up through this week. So up through November 19th of 1998, we've got all the number one songs uh, during the season. So if, if we talked about it on an episode as being a number one song, it's in the playlist. I didn't go through and find all the number one songs over the summer for each one or whatever. But if it was number one we'll, during we'll, one of our episodes. We'll throw the link to that playlist in the in the description down below. Yeah. I was going to say, because Daniel doesn't have enough side things he does for the show already. <laughs> nope, not at all. I'm always looking for side projects. Why, why not add another one? As far as what else was on that evening, at 8 p.m., friends with the episode The One with the Thanksgiving Flashbacks. Friends, uh, fans, please tell me if this is a clip show because this sounds an awful lot like a clip show. <laughs> uh, I know that for a while in the early seasons, Friends, the Thanksgiving episode was kind of a special episode for them. So I'm curious to see if uh, that was still the case here in 1998 or if they just gave up completely and started doing clip shows. Uh, at 8.30... Uh, Jesse with the episode of the cheese ship, uh, which is also what I call the state of Wisconsin, uh, at 9 PM <laughs> Frazier with the episode, the seal who came to dinner. Is it a Navy seal? Is it the seal? The animal? Is it seal? The musician? I don't know. Uh, it's seal the Pokemon. Sure. Maybe I would love to watch and find out the Lauren in six years. When you get to that point on your Frazier rewatch, maybe you can tell us oh. who actually showed up to dinner. Oh. Oh yeah, the Frasier we watched. That was the thing that was. That happening. was the thing that was happening. Yeah, I was. I, I'm still going through it and and rewatching a lot of um or, or re-listening to a lot of uh, the season two stuff, trying to build out that season two uh, best of episode, and um, the episode I was listening to today, the thing that Lauren was on at that particular time, it was not a rewatch. It was a first time watch through that she was uh, currently trying to get back to at the time of recording, uh, Mash. Uh, which fell off real hard sometime after that because I have not heard Lauren talk about MASH in, it feels like, decades. Years. Yeah. Dude, 2020 least... was a wild year, okay? We're fully, so at this point in the timeline, we are fully into 2020 in these recordings because I, I'm not sure exactly where we're at, but, like, we're fully into 2020 because we're making 2020 jokes, but we're all, we all still have way too much hope in our voices. Like, we, we all still are, like, way too, like, this is going to be okay. We're going to get through this, gang. Like, we're way too optimistic for what is coming. So, is it, though? Uh, are we, though? Do we, well, at the time, we in early to... season two, we were still, like. 
Do we just need to start keeping a list of like R.I.P. Lauren's hyperfixations and just go through? Like... <laughs> that'll be that'll be the new playlist. After I get bored of the Spotify playlist, I'll start making a playlist of all the shows that Lauren claims to be rewatching that she is just TV abandoned. themes. Yeah, and all the movies I mean I've been meaning to rewatch again. Yeah, uh, and then finally at nine thirty p.m. Veronica's Closet with the episode Veronica's Thanksgiving that keeps on giving. Just a mouthful of a title not gonna watch it no. uh viewers we are back up to an even 29 million still haven't crossed back over the 30 mil threshold just yet but it is coming in a few weeks uh this week's episode is directed by chris chulock doing his 16th out of 43 episodes previous one of his from this season was day for night and this week's episode is written by jack orman doing his sixth out of 28 previous one of his from this season we talked about was vanishing act and I want to note before we get started here that the original title of this episode, it's rare that we actually get one of these, but there, this title, this episode was originally titled A Perfect Match. Which I feel like is a, be- is a better title. Yeah, I think, I feel like they got to that scene at the end and Carter's little speech, mini speech, and they were like, mm, we really like that. That feels like a better title. And then they, that was. They did the Leonardo DiCaprio Once Upon a Time in Hollywood thing, just pointing just yeah yeah that's that's the title yeah so i don't know i feel like i could go either way like they both seem equally good for this episode all right and our previously on this week is brought to us by doug ross himself and we open with our this is a really really one patient focused episode Mm -hmm. we haven't had have we had one of these in, in When's the last time we had one of these? Well, I mean, you could argue that the uh, Stuck on You, which actually is the one that came out today as we're recording this, that one was pretty one patient focused. It wasn't entirely one patient focused, but it was pretty darn close. No, but the, this one, like the almost the without with with a couple of exceptions, this is entirely yeah. focused on this patient it, that we opened up. It has with. been a while since we've gotten one of these, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, but the opens with a girl in trauma one that dad should not be in the trauma with her that's no place that's no place for a father um to be um and lucy was supposed to take the dad to get sutured they were in a car accident um but he wants to stay with his daughter and because she she has a splenic injury that may or may not require surgery her name is corina um and lucy's asking to get consent for uh, for surgery from the dad just in case they don't think she's gonna need it at this point but what happens when we have a, uh, an episode focused on a singular patient? Everything goes to hell. <laughs> so, uh, but the dad, so the dad asks Lucy to call the mom in Cleveland and who plays our father here? Yeah. Uh, dad here who we will find out in a moment, uh, has a different name, but I'll leave that for when we get there. Uh, he's played by actor John Thaddeus, who appeared in the TV series, Boston legal and had a recurring role on the soap opera, the young and the restless. And several things about this scene that I like. Number one, I love it when we jump straight into a trauma. Like, I love yeah. I love that as an episode opening. I think that's super cool. I love, 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 love. Shout out to friend of the show, Martin Davich. I love the music in this episode. And it sets such a tremendous tone for the episode opening with this. And it's not one that I've heard before. It doesn't feel like a recycled piece. It feels like something that he wrote specifically for this episode. Um, cause it hits really hard and it, it really sets us off hitting the ground running this episode with this music. Yeah. Music's on point this entire time. Mm-hmm. So then we have Carter runs Mark through the basics of the case. Mark goes in to check on Karina and Peter is also there examining her. And we're going to start this out early. Whose films are those? Cause they're obviously not hers. 
Um, Karina starts to destabilize, and she's possibly bleeding from her spleen, because there's pink urine in the bag, and they think she may have gotten the wrong blood transfused um, when she first came in. And Lucy is sent back to ask if Karina has a history of hematologic disease, and Dad is gone. Dun-dun. And to the surprise of no one, we're in with bangs, uh, as you might imagine with a revelation like that. Uh, not going to twinkle your way out of Dad just disappearing. Uh, <laughs> not going to twinkle your way out of this one. <laughs> uh, I'm going to keep the faith, though. The twinkles are coming. I know they're coming. Even if- I kn- we, the, we've on the on the uh, whatchamacallit, on the Patreon, on the Flash 4, a couple of the Flash 4s that we've done, they have been twinkles. That's right. We know- so we knew they, they do exist. Yes. They're just still lying dead in a dish, <laughs> but they will be revived one one day they're coming they're i mean michelle insists that there's some in season five and she just won't tell me when they start so i know every week i'm like is this the week so far i've been wrong i'm over eight but uh over a third of the way through the season so uh but we come out of the intro doug walking in in his golf shoes with jerry teasing him for it i love love i I, i'm still very much here for second semester clooney where like he knows his i'm i would not be at all surprised if george clooney was actually golfing before he came to film this scene like this man has almost his entire body out the door like he is so done with and i'm it's okay like i'm i'm here for it like i get it like he's off to go be the biggest movie star in the world why would he still be putting in full-time hours on this show he's he's me ripping off my headphones as lizzie finishes up our wrap-up on recording nights yes he is 100 percent ready to go take his headphones out and take a a nice long sleep like lauren is at the end of every single one of these recordings and go be a man of constant sorrow yes yes uh but we find out that uh our dad from the trauma whose name is nelson uh that's his real name uh, kidnapped Karina two weeks ago from Cleveland and mom is now uh, flying in uh, Lucy's telling Carter all this by the admit desk and uh, Carter is doubting why dad told them the mom's number like he's just kind of very skeptical about the whole situation and it uh, sounds like Karina is going to be a, a tricky match with her blood type she has not only a rare blood type but also some very specific uh, antibody things going on so she's gonna be I, I believe i can't remember if it's here or a little bit later but they say the odds are like one in twenty five thousand or some such thing like it's it, it's a lot like it's astronomical astronomical odds to find a match for her uh carter instructs lucy to, to call mom and see if they can get her blood work before she gets on the plane to come to chicago they want to see if she's going to be a match uh and benton and doug are bickering over best course of treatment for karina and uh I think believe it's Mark who asks Peter, uh, do you mind sticking around while we wait for all this to sort out? And he's like, yeah, you're just going to page me in 15 minutes anyway, which I feel that. Ex- excellent delivery. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Roxanne, Roxanne, the most paper thin character in the history of paper thin characters. I still, and spoilers, this episode does not make me like her anymore. Uh, pops in to say say hi to Carter, and we find out that they're going to be going sailing later today. Oh, rich white people stuff. I know. Come sail away. Come sail away. <laughs> uh, but Lucy got the medical records from the mom. They're being faxed over, and mom has a different blood type, but dad is a perfect match. Of course he is. The perfect match. Um, said the title of the, the not the not <laughs> title of the episode. <laughs> um. And Roxy, Roxanne gets salty that Lucy interrupts uh, her and Carter's conversation. Like, they're trying to set up 
like I don't know if they're like trying to set up Carter and Lucy this early, um, but like they're definitely trying to set up. Uh, they're definitely trying to make make it as though there's this wedge between Lucy and Rocks. Like they're trying to set them up like as an adversarial thing, and it's like this doesn't work on either end. Like Ro- yeah. Roxanne doesn't matter enough as a person. And Lucy has shown zero interest in Carter whatsoever up to this point. Like it just—it's a failed rivalry on both sides here. I don't—I don't like it. Yeah, but Lucy asks Carter if she can leave since Carter's about to leave as well, and Lucy uh, is going on a little escapade to try to try and find the guy because the dude ran off. So the other. The energy of this episode reminds me a lot of the Tarantino episode, just with how kind of frenetic it ends up being. Hmm. I just want to note that right now, because holy shit, taking these notes. Oh, yeah, um, I imagine. That, yeah, I get that, but I also think that because I I also like, I think I like this one. I mean, I'll get into this later, but like, yeah. I think like on first blush, I like this one more, just because mm-hmm. it is more focused. I also, versus, I also, and there's no feet shots. I was going to say, no gratuitous so, foot shots. I also didn't have my my remote buddy that's true i'm sorry so that was we are we are recording from three separate locations today here folks you thought you hated it when we all recorded in one room together now we're recording in three separate rooms see how you like that and lauren's using the trash mic sorry that's not a trash mic it's not it's not trash it just doesn't work for our particular setup here in chicago it, okay, it doesn't work for me sitting on a bed recording in my parents' house either, but we'll get there. I'm sorry, fans. Um, but then we go over to Mark, Peter, and Doug are still treating Karina. There is no blood for her in the Midwest. The rare donor program is searching for a match, and they just say that they're, they're going to have to manage her medically until we get it. Not like that's a great prognosis. Mark tells Carter to leave since there are three doctors handling Karina anyway. Not anything he can do to help. Uh, and Benton is considering doing plasmapheresis hmm. we'll see we'll see isn't that essentially where they do like dialysis but it's with whole blood i think so yeah where they just reoxygenate the blood through a machine yeah i think so almost nurse listeners tell me why i'm wrong it's um, a process in which the liquid part of the blood or plasma is separated from the blood cells well there you go typically the plasma is re- Typically, the plasma is replaced with another solution, such as saline or albumin, and the plasma is treated and then returned to your body. Hmm. I was kind of wrong. <laughs> it was something to do with blood. We specialize in being <laughs> kind of wrong. Yeah. Yep. So then Roxanne is walking over normal, uh, sorry, Roxanne is talking over normal tax and finance stuff with the detective who is coming in to check on Karina's case and the dad's license plates in the lounge, and he tells Carter that they were from a used car lot and gives Carter the business, gives Carter his card and asks for the mom to call when she gets in, and Carter's like, well, I'm fucking leaving. And the detective is going to try and hunt the dad in himself. We should point out, too, this is the one and only time that you see the cop. (laughs) The cop is completely useless this episode. Hands off a business card and then is never seen again. Then he must be a member of the CPD. Oh! oh. Uh, um, they're not great. Um, that's not even discounting. That's not even talking about all the racism and stuff, but there's not. <laughs> what happens next? What happens next? Uh, what happens next is that Ben and Carol are prepping Karina for for the plasma phoresis. Yeah, that's a tongue twister of a word. 
Uh, Karina wakes up and asks where her dad is, and she's 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 too sweet when she says, "I want my daddy." Um, and again, Lauren hates dumb, precocious children. Yep. <laughs> That was her so note. Much. I didn't even. Yeah. That's not even an editorial. That's her own. <laughs> she writes these notes, so she wrote that in. She like barely uh, talks this episode. Like, what is the what is there to yeah. hate? It was. She it has was, a tube. She has a tube down her throat most of the episode. What the hell are you talking was, about, Lauren? It was. I want my daddy. Where's my yeah. daddy? Is my daddy here? But I want my daddy. I don't care that mom's coming. Where's my daddy? Why isn't he here? She doesn't. Daddy. She has, you just said more. You just said more. <laughs> <laughs> then she has entire lines in this episode. I hate sweet children, which is ironic because that was Green Day's first band name before they became. Oh Green my Day. god! But I hate. I hate. Got to work it in there somewhere. Got to work it. Work in the useless Green Day knowledge in here I, somewhere. I'm not going to get any more chances to now that we've talked about Good Riddance. It's true, Scott. Scott is the we're long past Scott, so dead and Sorry. dead and buried. Ooh. Uh Anyway, uh, Jerry gives Mark the phone number of the detective for the mom says and says Carter left. Uh, so, oh Jesus! Then we go from there. Uh, we immediately there see uh, Carol calling Mark into the trauma room because Karina has started seizing. And uh, Lauren, what was your assessment of? I was that that was the first thought I had as I was watching this was I was like, A, Lauren's gonna have thoughts about the seizure, and B, Lauren's probably gonna hate this kid. It was surprising to me that Lauren hating the kid came out before the thoughts on the seizure. <laughs> So, um, well, I actually watched this episode with with big sister and friend of the show, Aaron, and she also has epilepsy. So we were watching this together, and Aaron immediately goes, "Can we rate this kid?" <laughs> so my sister, my sister was right there with me on like judging judging this performance. And at first, when when she first starts, and it's just that basic kind of rocking motion that she's doing, we were like, "Okay, that's 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 fine." But then the minute she rolls, she goes on her back and starts. My sister and I were both like, eh, maybe not. No, she lost it. We were like, she were like, for a child, the first part was kind of good, but then maybe not. So we we had we had some some gallows humor together about that. But not the worst we've seen, but not the best. All right, well, I'll, I'll take that. Uh, we we go from there to the scene that had me convinced at the beginning of the season that this was a storyline that. It is not. So it was like a Mandela effect thing of like, I remember at the beginning of the season, I was like, is Roxanne the cousin wife that like Carter has the thing with for a little while? And no was the answer where there's that comes later and it's a different actress. But it was one of these deals where like I was remembering this scene here and specifically attributing that to that storyline. So that this is the this is the thing I was thinking of at the beginning of the season that made me think that. Um, but yeah, so they're at a marina, uh, in Chicago, which this is the first of our many, many Chicago location shots this, uh, episode. We are, uh, we are done with the, uh, majority ER part of the episode. We will now be spending 75 to 90% of the rest of the episode in Chicago proper. So expect lots of Chicago geography talk. Um, but they're at a marina overlooking the Chicago skyline. Uh, Roxanne's just kind of rambling on about boring stuff that carter doesn't care about at all he is clearly on like another planet thinking about this case um and she picks up on that she catches him uh, and she's like have you heard anything that i've just been saying 
<laughs> and I, I like Lauren's editorial here of no Roxanne, none of us have all season. I would be hard pressed <laughs> to come up with any, like if you put a gun to my mother's head and was like, you have to think of one thing that Roxanne has done in the first eight episodes. My mother would be dead. Like, because <laughs> I can't think of a single thing she has said, done, thought, like just none of it. Like she might as well have been a ghost. Like, and that would have been a more interesting wrap up to find out that she was a ghost this whole time because there is nothing interesting about this person. So, but, but I'm going to remember this now because she was talking about her purple blistered breasts. Yeah. Which is just a horrifying image and something that I will not re- leave my brain. <laughs> really, really weird verbiage there. Um, Carter is, as I said, he's distracted, wants to go follow up on the case and asks Roxanne uh, if she can handle this without him. Uh, and she's like, well, you're not the only one with a busy schedule. I made time for this, too. I stopped selling mutual funds for an afternoon to take my uncle's sailboat up the river. You can fucking stop caring about this dying girl. Like, I just like there. she started out as uninteresting. And now it's just I don't like her. <laughs> like It's like we're going down the ladder. We're not. She's not. Improving. Tell us how you really feel. Daniel. <laughs> she's not improving. Uh, I mean, I can get why she would be pissed here, though. I mean, yeah, but, like, it's not like he wants to bail on her to go. And she accuses him, too, of wanting to bail on her, not necessarily to go, uh, not because primarily he wants to go follow up on this case. She accuses him of wanting to bail on her to go follow up on this case specifically with Lucy. Like, she has a very, like specific bug up her ass when it comes to Lucy of like, she sees Lucy as a threat and I still don't understand where that's coming from. That's very underdeveloped. Yeah. Right. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. We'll get there, but, uh, but the most, the most unfortunate aspect of this scene is that this does not represent the last appearance of Roxanne. I went in with all the hope in the world that Roxanne was, (laughs) Roxanne was going to sail away in this boat and presumably the boat would sink and she would die. But that didn't happen. Uh, she will apparently, according to IMDb, be making four more appearances before she's done. What the shit? Yeah, I, I think it's like I think it's like episode twelve or thirteen or something is when she's done. So yeah, we still have a little bit more Roxanne to go before we're done, and I'm not excited about it. Uh, but to to finish out the scene, Carter does ultimately decide to bail on her to go follow up on this case and go off on his grand yeah. adventure with Lucy. And what a grand adventure it is. It's start off at a used car lot. The one, the aforementioned used car lot. There's no paperwork on the car, though. And Carter says that they need to see the dad for the, for, for his blood. Like he's going to use that. He's going to use that a lot, line a lot. There's a dying kid. Um, which I mean, it's a good line. It's a, it's a factual, true statement, but, um, just wait till we get to the L platform. Um, he the salesman is of no use he says they'll call if he hears anything in it uh but then he lets slip that he loaned the car to his bookie who is the father and places bets he places his bets with a bellhop at the delaware which i don't think is a hotel as an actual hotel i think it's a fake hotel well so there was two so as i said earlier there's a lot of chicago geography on this we had we all three of us had to do a little bit of like chicago geography homework you you two was much more like internal like you obviously have a better idea of the layout of the city than i do um i yeah i sometimes use this very helpful website uh called itsfilmthere.com uh which he or he or she whoever runs this website um does does or Or they or they uh does very detailed breakdowns of location shots for er 
So like, and they go episode by episode, and they have like screenshots Jeez. of where things are. So like, the used car lot, for example, was apparently a real used car lot in Chicago. It was MGM Auto, and it was at five twenty one North Ashland Avenue in Chicago. I knew it. Okay, <laughs> I've been, I've driven past that. I will say, I don't know. If I I've driven past there. I thought it looked familiar. So I wait, knew which there one was. Is it? I don't know if it's still there, but like I, re- I know that there's something. Ah, yeah. I don't know if it's still there, but uh, and then with the tower, the tower name was fictional. They, uh, they did point that out that the in the show it was referred to as the Delaware Towers, but it is actually a restaurant. Uh, it was called, and I'm sure that it's not there anymore. Uh, but it was called Feast Restaurant, and it was at 25 East Delaware Place in Chicago. So. That's what was the that okay. was the stand-in for the Delaware Towers. It apparently there's I'm looking on Google Maps and there is still a bunch of looks like it looks like yeah there's still a, bu- a used car lot. Well, there you go. So and that I, I knew it. Okay. <laughs> and the Delaware I, is a, apartment buildings. Well, there you go. No, yeah. but it was on Delaware Street, so it you know. Yep. And Delaware is a street, yes, but. They uh, say Carter goes to there's there's a lot going on here. This episode is weird. Um, Try doing notes for it. Yeah, I can't even imagine. Thank you, Lauren. You're an invaluable <laughs> asset to the show. Um, there's a uh, like you go. Carter goes to the Delaware and talks with the bellhop and says, "Oh yeah," and the guy says. Yeah, there's no gambling on the pre- there's no gambling on the premises, of course. Like, because you know, why the fuck would he talk about an illegal gambling oh. ring with just some normie who walks up, <laughs> who looks like a cop? Yeah, yes, who fucking looks like an FBI agent. Um, and yeah, Carter was like, yeah, sure, just like there's no prostitutes. Like, what the? F- I mean, I guess yeah, okay, he is part of upper upper class society, or at least was. So maybe he has some inside knowledge. Of such things. Either way, but Carter runs into Lucy working the case with another bellhop, and Carter interrupts her and totally ruins that lead. Um, but another off, another bellhop, there's so many bellhops around, what the <laughs> hell, uh, offers to let them place a bet, and it turns out that the bellhop Nelson was working with Toby, got fired, and this guy gives him a lead on where to find him. There's Jesus Christ. Whew. This is the most convoluted shit. Okay. This whole episode. It, it is. It, it is. Fl- but I like it because everything starting from about this point, like where Carter leaves the marina till, you know, when we get back to Doc Magoo's at the end, it feels like a Law and Order episode. And that's, I think, what I like about it. Like, it has that sort of, like, meandering investigate, like the first half of a Law and Order, not the court stuff, but, like, the first half of a Law and Order episode where they're, like, going from one lead to the next and, like, things feel like they don't connect. Yeah. And yeah. Like, that's but, the part that I really the, like about it. Do you know what the difference is? There's no Jerry Orbach. Well, that's true, but Law and Order is interesting. <laughs> oh, I care no, about Law I, and Order. No, no I, this is... I disagree. I hard disagree, and I think, I think your assessment of it is being colored by the fact that you had to take notes on it. I think if you'd have just watched it without taking notes on it, I think you'd yeah. be far more interested. You're just, you're just mad because you had to take notes on all this horse shit. Yeah, you had to decipher it so that we could try to explain it. Folks, this is one where you're definitely going to want to watch. We're going to do a piss-poor job. Um, like, it's going to sound so much weirder than yeah. than it actually is if you watch it. You really you really think that it was just 
soiled for me because I couldn't just experience yes. it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I think if you went back and watched this episode on your own without having to do notes, I think you would have enjoyed it much more. But we'll get to the assessment part at the end. We'll we'll get there. Uh, or we can do a flashback in ten seasons, <laughs> and I'll. Yeah, it's, at some at some point we will have to start notes. doing flashbacks because there will be more there will be more episodes uh, behind us than there will be in front of us. But that's a that's future weird. me problem. All right. So from there, Jerry has brought in an overflow board because they are absolutely just packed, and Mark is telling him no more patients until they get a free bed. So put the board away, Jesus Christ. Um, Doyle offers to help with something, but who cares because the writers have given up on her. Jerry is proof of life, though. Proof of life. (laughs) Yep. Jerry is living his nightmare with all the admin mess going on. He just cannot catch a break. And Lucy and Carter are now at a butcher looking for Toby. And this is like a full blown, like, meat. I can't think of the word. Meat packing plant? Yeah. It's like meat packer or, you know. So they're in the West Loop. They're in the old West Loop. Yeah. Bunch, Bunch of carcasses. And why are these people just letting them walk around without proper yeah. gear in their street what clothes? The, like, what the fuck? No staff is talking to them or stopping them or anything. They're just wandering around, running into these, like, hawks of meat. Ugh. And going Again, into the... Carter looks like a cop, so maybe they right. just think that there's a couple of detectives looking for some sh- someone shady. If, you are, if you're a white man walking around with purpose, people will let you do anything. Like, you, you can get oh. away with anything if you're a white man who looks like he knows where he's going. Can't confirm. Um... But yeah, uh, Carter finds a way to still blame Lucy for this mess and says they would have kept their lead if Lucy hadn't been Lucy. All this other shit, they just start arguing again. Then Lucy finds the way into the, I don't know, bone deconstruction. The boning room, which, man, I hope somebody somebody stole that prop sign. Holy shit. The boning room. I was really hoping I wasn't going to have to say boning room, but there (laughs) it is. This looks like an actual meatpacking facility, so I don't think that that was a prop. Maybe. Yep, and then um, they find Toby's boss, but Toby's part of, like, uh, a... rehabilitation program for like inner city kids so his boss won't snitch on him so they don't really have a great lead for toby womp womp cool but if he snitches and then he gets stitches at least he snitched to a doctor so the doctor can give him stitches i got stitches hey did you notice lauren's lauren's taking up cross stitching did you notice when they're folks when they're walking through the hollow meat that <laughs> that, that uh, you know, Lucy bumps into one of the big racks of meat at one point and uh. looks legitimately disgusted. And apparently, that was very real because uh, sh- that was not in the script. She was not meant to bump into that. She did, and she was very, very genuinely disgusted by it. So, yeah, I, I, would, be I would be too. It's a whole cow carcass, but it works really well as a like little comedic moment, though. Like, it, it, I can see why they kept it because it works genuinely well. Ew. Well, let's go back to the hospital and out of the boning room. Um, so, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just too it's too good. Like it's 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 one of those things where it's like they had to be laughing oh, when yeah. they said, "Oh, we got to find the boning room." <laughs> Somebody was doing the location scout for that. Saw there was something called the boning room, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna have them oh, find." Yeah whoever this yeah. person is in the boning room so that we can say boning room on network. T- there was like a bet. I'm sure there was a bet among the writers of like, how many times can we get them to say boning room before standards and practices shuts us down? Boning. Stop room. Stop saying boning room. What happens next? 
boning room. Uh, well, back in the operating area, oh, there I think they're still in the ER. Yeah. Um, but uh, Anspa, Peter, and Doug are all looking at options for Karina. And at some point there is, and Doug's, uh, I think it's no, it's Peter mm-hmm. says that there at some point there is such a thing as desperate measures. And the mom has arrived from Cleveland, but her blood type is A positive, not a match, unfortunately. Uh, Carrie has, although has found some blood from her colleague at the NIH National Institute of Health. So then we go. So then we go back to our our Law and Order episode in progress, where uh, Carter and Lucy are out in some of the shadier neighborhoods of Chicago. Any uh, any thoughts on where this might be? This was one that seemed to uh, to stump our uh, our location friend on its film there. Vague west or south side, poor area with lots of people of color. Yeah. Yep. There there will be a uh, a another location very shortly here that they do identify but we'll get to that um but so they're out in these neighborhoods that uh carter sees a little kid uh sitting on a stoop just kind of cowering there and he's like kind of coughing very cute little kid um i'm sure lauren hates him uh and he overhears mom inside the house uh coughing a really nasty sounding cough uh there's another little girl out there who seems to be like a neighbor uh tells carter what the deal is and uh he asks the little girl if she can watch the little boy so that he can go inside and check on the mother. And she's like, you shouldn't go in there. That's not your house. Perfectly valid point. Young girl. Yeah. Uh, and then he's like, it's okay. Cause I'm a doctor. First of all, I need to see some identification, sir. Like if I'm that little girl, like I'm not just going to take yeah. you at your fight. You look like a cop. Okay. Like we've established you look like a cop. Um, and he it's like dude it's not the fact that you're a doctor that makes this okay it's the fact that you're rich and white like if you were if you were a person of color and you just went into somebody's house unannounced guess what you'd get shot uh but that doesn't happen here uh he does come upon a woman mrs price who is coughing her lungs out which is a real rough listen uh during covid times Mm. like yeah real real tough to listen real tough to listen to when i was i have taken two negative COVID tests, this at home COVID tests this week. Yeah. And, but I'm still have a bit of a chest cold going on. Yeah. When, when every little tickle in your throat is, is you going, Oh, is this it? Is this the one? Like, this is a, this is a tough, tough thing to, to deal with. Um, but she claims that it's just bronchitis. Turns out, though, she is coughing up blood. And then Carter immediately covers his face uh, and asks if she's been TB tested. Uh, and just as he's about to call this in and uh, deal with this, a humongous guy who I thought might be Mr. Price, I wasn't sure. He's never really identified uh, in the credits for the episode. They identify him as a neighbor. So I guess that's what he is. Mm-hmm. Um, but humongous guy, a brick shithouse of a man, slams him into a wall and asks wh- him what the hell he's doing there. Again, fair question. Like, (laughs) you just saw a strange dude, even if it is your neighbor, if you just saw a strange dude just hanging out in your friend neighbor's apartment while they're coughing up blood, that would be weird. Um, So, yeah. So, the big guy here uh, is played by uh, Kwame Amoaku. I hope I'm pronouncing that even remotely correctly. 
he will appear twice more in, in later seasons as two separate characters. So he will make, if you're keeping score at home, three appearances as three separate characters. Um, and actually, his primary job, uh, both I'm sure in this episode and just in general, is not really as an actor. He's primarily a location scout. Um, and he would go on to work later, as would many of the the um, like bit player actors in this uh, episode. You can tell they were really doing a lot of work in Chicago because uh, he worked on Chicago Fire with Eric LaSalle, who was a director slash producer on that series for a while. Um, and like I was saying, like so many of the bit player actors in this all have Chicago Fire credits to their name. So there's clearly like a, a big Chicago connection, not only with that show, but also this episode. A lot of local people. Uh, then we have Benton and gang rolling Karina up to surgery. Nurse Shirley sighting with no mask. Always great to see her running around. Um, the mom can't come into surgery with Karina. Duh. And way to reassure the mom, Peter. He just kind of says, yep, we're going to go take her in. You can't come back. We'll see you in a little bit. Bye. Yeah, she's like, is she going to get any worse? And he kind of just looks at her and like, he does everything but shrug. And then just kind of like, he, he kind of, the Homer, yeah, he kind of does the Homer, like backing up into the bushes thing. Like, of like, uh, this is awkward. So I'm going to leave. I'm about to go kill your child. Or at least I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> then our uh, Chicago escapades continue as uh, Lucy talked to Toby's sister. It turns out he hangs out at a mini mart nearby. And Carter tells her to wait for the paramedics to deal with uh, Mrs. Price. And they have a whole it's it's a whole thing and then carter yells because he's carter god forbid you should listen to me and learn something just ooh and they both look up and see mrs mr nelson up on the l platform which it turns out is the uh the sedgwick brown line is what we discovered correct daniel who said it was on mm mm-hmm. 1533 North Sedgwick Street in Chicago. That is the Sedgwick Brown line stop. Brown slash purple line stop. Um, and they 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 there's a grand there's a grand chase and CTA employees do not give a fuck. Do not give any <laughs> amount of fucks as this guy does. Holy shit. This dude hassling Carter so hard over a dollar fifty fare when when while you were while this dude was gone 10 other 15 other people could have fair hopped because there was no attendant whatever you're hassling you're hassling this dude over one a dollar fifty and mr and mr nelson gets away because of it just how fortuitous too that mr nelson would be at that exact l stop of how many dozens of l stations there are in the city that he would be at that exact one at that exact moment as they're... the plot must thicken, Daniel. I guess so. Yeah. Then we have Lizzie waiting up on the roof for the blood drop off from the NIH signs for it and runs it back in. And the blood bank is sterilizing it so they can begin surgery in 20 minutes. Oh my God. The drama. Dun, 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 dun. Back to Lucy and Carter telling Toby what is going on and asking where they can find Nelson and they may be able to find a contact down at Soldier Field that helps with his bets. We're just hitting all the Chicago it's landmarks a, this episode. It's a whole thing. Surprised that they didn't have to go talk to somebody who worked as like a, you know, hot dog vendor or something at the fucking Sears Tower observation deck. Like they're they're just hitting all of the like the Chicago hotspots. Um 
So we go back to the OR uh, where, uh-oh, turns out there were small holes in the bags of donor blood, and they are now unusable. And I would like to point out that our uh, our anesthesiologist, uh, Mr. Kerry Weaver, he does advocate for just saying, like, YOLO, man, fuck it, let's just use it anyway. We can, <laughs> and, do, we can uh, deal with that. We can cross that mountain, that hurdle, when we come to it. Yeah, like, he's like, yeah, fuck it, dude, let's just do it. And, you know, Anspa and Corday and Benton are all like, yeah, no. We're, we're not going to give her that. sepsis. <laughs> yeah. So... Maybe his future uh, actions make a little bit more sense than we think. Who knows? Mm. Uh, uh, we go back to Lucy and Carter. Uh, Lucy says that the cops wouldn't have gotten this far because the, <laughs> these people don't talk to cops. It, we should point out they're saying this as they are entering into a uh, soldier field, like inside of it. Uh, there's no game going on. There's no nothing going like I, how they actually managed to gain entry to this place. I don't know. Which yeah. Again, goes back to what I was saying. If you're white and look like you know where you're going, generally you can get away with things. And this is a pre 9-11 world. So I'm sure that there wasn't nearly the security in place at places like big stadiums and stuff that there is today. But it still seems a little bit a uh, little bit outside the pale that they might be able to do this yeah walk into an nfl stadium which god i miss yeah. the old look soldier field right uh this was so pre, much this was pre-spaceship i know somebody did did mention that in the in the listener responses when we get there but um it's, it makes I, me I really... it makes me sentimental i'd never i never actually saw any bears games there but i did get to take a tour of, take a tour of the place and it's awesome being down on that field it's it was so cool. That was one of the coolest experiences of my childhood was being able to like <laughs> walk around the field at Soldier Field on a field trip. Yeah, uh, I, I really like too. I like the cinematography of that shot too of of uh, Carter and Lucy coming down that ramp headed in towards the field. Like they're backlit against the sunlight behind them, and like I just really the the way that shot is set up, I, I really like that a lot. Um, so the guy they're coming to see here, Joey, uh, is working landscape, uh, doing landscaping work down on the field. Uh, and they just like walk up to him as he's like mowing the grass at soldier field. Like they just, not only do they get into the stadium, but they get down onto the field. Uh, Joey here, uh, uncle Joey, as he prefers to be called by the way, uncle Joey, uh, is played by actor Ron Dean, who appeared in stuff like the breakfast club, the fugitive and the dark Knight. Uh, and he gives them doesn't really give them much in the way of info, but he, the little tidbit he does give them is that Nelson may be at the cockfights. So there's a phrase I haven't heard in quite some time, <laughs> right? Like how many? Di- like I pr- at this point we're like we're like one street race away from this turning into a Fast and Furious thing. Yeah, like, we're right? just like how much how much wacky schmackety uh, outside of the ER stuff can we pack into one episode? This episode's about family. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, also, maybe if he just likes to be called Uncle Joey because he's just a big fan of John Stamos. Uh, excuse you, that is Uncle Jesse. Uncle, Uncle Jesse, Joey, shit. Uncle Joey Fuck. would be the seminal, uh, the only man on Full House to have a song written about him by Alanis Morissette, uh, Dave Coulier. Ah, so. okay. You know what? You, I, I've looked I was going to say he's just a big fan of Full House, and then I went with John Stamos because I thought it was John Stamos' character. <laughs> shit. I've never, I've seen maybe two episodes of full house in my entire life. And, and that's honestly all you really need to see. Yeah. If you've seen, it's like listening to Boston. If you've Wrong. listened to, if you've listened to, or if you've watched one episode of full house, you've kind of seen them all. Wrong. And fuller house. I'm sure is some sort of hellish abomination that should be stricken from Netflix. 
cannot advise one way or the other, but on the first point, wrong. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's go back to Anspa and Ben are working on Karina and surgery. Lauren's giving us the finger. Uh, they are slow and steady. They're going slow and steady with the surgery. And she begins to hemorrhage, which, you know, when you don't have blood, that doesn't seem great. And they're doing this whole thing. Yeah, they're doing this whole thing without blood. So it's just, it's not going, not going well. Apparently the pancreas has something to do with this. I don't know that Anspa yells at Benton not to clamp off the pancreas. I don't know. But anyway, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's actually like listen to a little bit of this episode and see if we can parse out some of the chaos. It's about a three, three minute, 20 Three minute twenty second clip, uh, but let's see. Uh, let's listen to Carter and Lucy taking the jeep to the cockfighting place. <laughs> I never want to say that phrase again. Are you sure this is the right place? Yeah, the map says it's across the bridge and past the second freight station. What are you doing? There's no one here. They probably don't advertise. There's a line on up there. So what? We're breaking and entering now. Unless you get a better idea. Not if you brought bolt cutters. No, I can give you a boost. Like you said, we're here. Might as well check it out. There you go. Okay. There you go. Oh, I can't. Yeah, you can. I got you. Go ahead. Up and over. You got it. There you go. You did it. How many fences do they need? Oh, I got to keep out the riffraff. You want to go back and get your jacket because it started raining again? No cars? What, do these people walk to their cockfights? I don't know if I trust Uncle Joey. You seem too easy. What, you quitting on me? Hold up, let's check this out. Can I ask you something? Sure. What made you decide to come looking for Nelson? Well, the girl needs help. Yeah, but you see a lot of people who need help. Whew. Why'd you come out here? I don't know. Who? feel responsible it's not your fault lucy that's an easy thing to tell yourself when things go wrong no i shouldn't have made you feel that way truth is you're the only med student i've had that showed any promise do you see anything no just a lot of dirt hang on a sec i think i see something hang on what is that is that a ring what kind of ring <laughs> Are you okay? No. Can you tell me your name? Do you know your name? <laughs> I know my name, Lucy. I think I am. What? I think my shoulder. I think it dislocated my shoulder. Are you sure? Uh, yeah, anterior dislocation. I don't think it's broken. We gotta get you to the hospital. Sensation's intact. And I got a pulse. Okay, you stay right there. I'm gonna go get some help. No, wait, wait. That'll take forever. Can you move? You get down. Let's just yeah. do it here. Yeah. Okay. What? Did we go over shoulder reductions? No. We should have gone over that. You did one that day when you weren't talking to me. All right, you're gonna pull my arm really hard. Yeah. Until you hear it pop. Just like that. I hope so. Is that gonna hurt? Oh yeah. Okay. Ready? One. Just commit to it. Pull hard. Two. Three. Ah! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ah. <laughs> we need counter traction. Okay. All right, I know. 
Alright, stick your foot in my pit. What? In my armpit. Your armpit. Just be very careful. You said commit. That's right. Are you sure about this? One. Just do it. Two. Three. The screaming is uh, so good. That's really why I wanted to get that clip. It's just, it's just some that's just some A-tier screaming from Noah Wiley. <laughs> Uh, and stick your foot in my pit is a good line too. Yeah, but there's there's just a lot going on there. The most important part there is that Carter Carter actually had a nice thing to say about Lucy. I also I before I forget, I want to point out that he goes or she says, "No, you did the one on the day you weren't talking to me." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so much. Uh... Also, I forgot Discord wouldn't just magically play the audio clip for me because I'm so used to Lizzie clicking play when we're in the same room. Uh, and it took to me a minute. It. I was like, why? I put it in the chat with three I of us. I have it. I have it. <laughs> I didn't magic. fuck that up. No, you have it. I just took it. Just took me a minute to be like, all right. <laughs> but, Technology, oh God, folks. Yeah. It's a wonder. It's a wonderful thing as Lauren approaches thirty. Um, and she's giving me the finger again, Lauren. This Lauren, my partner, is just so nice to me the entire time. But but Carter actually said something nice about Lucy. Mark it in your calendars, people. Yes. The one it's time. Not, I know. I mean, to be fair, it's a low bar when you think about Henry. But <laughs> but still, she shows more promise than any other med student he's ever had. Also, also him acknowledging he's had other med students. Yeah, yeah. right? That, there, that, there that'll are. satisfy the continuity gods from hey. a few episodes ago. For like a minute. Uh, we go back to checking on the surgery, and she's looking pretty good. Dry as a bone. Is a phrase I believe they use, which is not not something you'd think you'd want to hear when someone's cutting you open doing just a a visceral surgery like that. But she then starts to go into VTAC and needs a crash cart. So not so great. Fun times all around. Uh, just like Car- just like our next audio clip and Carter and Lucy walking down the tracks to find their Jeep. Or to find Carter's Jeep, rather. She'll just let you jump the fence and drive the Jeep around. Do you think Uncle Joey had the wrong night or he was just pulling our leg? I don't know. Maybe we should double back. There's a light up there. John, Dr. Carter, I just want you to know that I do respect you. Ow! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That I do respect you and that you're a good teacher. You must be a good person, otherwise you wouldn't be out here. And I'm sorry I'm so stubborn sometimes. Stubborn can be good. Not when it's defensive. Guys out here didn't. Is that good? Most people would have given up a long time ago. In fact, most people would never have gone looking. I might have given up if you hadn't come. Thanks for coming. Well, I didn't come for you. came for the patient. No, I appreciate it. It was very valiant of you. No, really. They didn't need me at the hospital. I wanted something to do. Well, you just said that you came because I was stubborn. I meant we were stubborn. Oh, my God. What? I am so sorry. My Jeep. Uh, you can pinpoint the exact moment when his heart breaks in half. <laughs> It's the part where he sees his car on fire while well, Trip Bear uh, and on fire. The the Jeep gets bobbed. 
Jesus uh, Christ. No, there's a definitive ending there. That's true. It's a definitive ending. It ends in flames. Yeah, it's, it ends on fire. But, that, but, th- but do you understand, though? That Jeep has been with us since, like, episode two. Mm-hmm. Like, he has had it's that true. Jeep since the beginning of the show. R.I.P. Jeep, 1994 to 1998. He had uh, he had intercourse with creepy uh, nympho yeah. Liz in that Jeep. Not five years ago, four years ago, whatever it is. Probably a good thing that it's burnt, been burned then. I was going to say, yeah. Oof. But, yeah, but just more sweetness between the two of them. Like, this is just, it's a really good episode for them. It is. It's, I love it. I love it so much. The They're, best thus far. Yeah. Lauren, fuck you, Lauren. <laughs> What's we, going we, We'll get into Lauren's objections, apparently. After. Yeah. We're almost done with the episode. Well, let's we, move we on, are. Daniel. We're ra- we're rounding the bend here, but they they are still in the kind of rough part of town. They see a place to eat. Uh, Carter sits down and orders some cheeseburgers for them. I like <laughs> I like how he gives his entire order, and then she's like, "No fries for me," and he's like, "Well, that was my order." <laughs> well, what do you want? Yeah, and his order is like you know two cheeseburgers, uh, two like fries. and two fries, and like his he is which I feel I feel that I feel that on an emotional yeah. level. Uh, and I like the I like the little uh, interplay between uh, Carter and the cook here, uh, the, which the cook uh, at the cheeseburger place is played by actor Jim Ortlieb, who appeared in stuff like Flatliners, A Mighty Wind, and Contagion. Um, and he's like, he asks him something of like, "What do you want to drink with that?" And and Carter tells him, and then he's like, "What about the misses?" Yep. <laughs> and he gestures over at Lucy, and and Carter's like, "What? What about the boss? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. About what about the boss? the boss? Yeah. Oh, uh, your wife." <laughs> and just like you can just see that that thought has never crossed Carter's mind. So maybe they are thinking about it from a creative standpoint at this point. Maybe they are starting to to put those pieces together and before think, the hmm. before the gratuitous shots of carter staring staring at her ass next early next season uh, yeah like you know maybe we should do this and i'm just uh, i just wish they didn't but we'll get there um so she's off at a payphone uh calling a cab and checking in with the hospital and turns out they find out toby got an address on nelson so they have another lead so off they go uh, we then jump back over to the hospital where Mark is checking on Benton and Karina. Uh, she's made it through the surgery, but the she's going into renal failure and is too unstable for dialysis uh, and had another breakthrough seizure. Uh, so Benton has made it his life's mission to just stand there and watch her die unless they get a last-minute miracle here. So things are looking a little bleak for Karina at this point. Yep. Then Lucy and Carter go and pound on the door at the address they were given, which is a um wow mobile home in the middle of a trailer park it looks like and uh she says what or carter goes what kind of guy brings his kid to the train yard and during this whole time lucy's kind of like love can be complicated parenting can be complicated you know he did the best he could probably we find out lucy never even met her dad and then they listen to a message on the answering machine and there's a clue that leads them to realize that his girlfriend was waiting for them by the hospital. Hmm. They think maybe hmm. he was at Doc Magoo's. And then they find him coming out of the bathroom at Doc Magoo's. Whoa, we went all this way for nothing. <laughs> and then Carter is going to draw all his blood and kill him so the ba- so the little girl can live. Not really, but that's kind of the energy <laughs> Carter approaches this blood draw with really does when as he's like doing the tourniquet and everything like it looks like carter's just gonna drain him 
And they're, while they're doing this, there's some very ominous music from Martin as the staff is just kind of, like, yelling at this dude, like... And he's like, I didn't know. I didn't think she was that bad. I was sure it was going to be fine. And Lucy does an amazing IV. Great job, Lucy. Some character growth there. And uh, they get him set up for a... Uh, for, um extra blood draw to help Karina so she can have a transfusion because she has multi-organ system failure and she has been deprived of oxygen and is comatose. Basically, she's a damn mess. And the mom's like, oh, will this fix her? Will this make her all better? Probably not. It's better than nothing. And uh, Carr's washing up and he sees Ben in the changing room and tells Ben, great job on the surgery because it was bloodless and that's not something you do every day. Um, And it's just a very sweet little character moment between the two of them. And then speaking of sweet character moments, let's uh, finish off our episode. Lucy's sitting up on the roof and Carter joins her. Hi. Thought you went home. No, we're on in an hour. It's better not to sleep unless you can get at least three. I wouldn't sleep anyway. Her crit's up three points. But the renal failure may be permanent. That's if she wakes up. I thought we were saving her. No. We were giving her her only chance. That's not good enough. It has to be. No. It doesn't. Some patients get to you more than others. I know. But when you do everything that you can, sometimes even more than you thought you could. You gotta walk away knowing you fought the good fight. You fought the good fight, Lucy. Tomorrow you'll fight another one. A lovely flourish from there at the end <laughs> that I just had to get in. All right, Lauren, have at it. Do I even like ER? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Because, like, damn, girl. I watched this and it was fine, but I wasn't particularly moved, didn't particularly feel the stakes on this little girl. Am I, am I just going through the end of my honeymoon phase with ER this watch? Is it going to pick back up for me? Because feel, I feel bad because I'm feeling a little jaded. I just, this this is what it must feel like to be on the other side of it where um, this must be how Jake felt when he hated that one episode <laughs> that we were like, Jake, you're crazy. It's fine. I, it, it, it's cool. They did stuff they needed to do, but it didn't, I didn't feel anything with it. And you're right, maybe it's because I was so in note mode that I couldn't emotionally connect with it, but I just... Yeah. Do I have to start watching episodes twice, once for me and then once for notes? Like, am I going to have to commit <laughs> I mean, two hours might... of my week? <laughs> I mean, you have... You definitely have the hardest time, I think, or the biggest obstacle to overcome of any of us of, like, connecting emotionally with an episode because you are so, like, procedurally focused when you 
go into these things, but it hasn't stopped you in the past, you know, right. from enjoying stuff. So I mean, but this is an episode that is very like action heavy and very like outside the ER heavy, and like there's lots of. It's it's like because like if you talk about outside the ER episodes, fathers and sons, I still enjoyed that a hell of a lot when I did the notes. But then yeah, you look at an episode I compared it to earlier with the Quentin Tarantino, that same frenetic energy. That was one that was aggressively like it it got everything done. You both really enjoyed it, <laughs> and I was like, "Fuck, I'm done." No. Yeah, yeah. which so, I, that, that's kind of the only other episode I can think of where we were so. Divisive. Uh, divisive about the usually we're within like a point or two of each other in terms of like, like how we I'm, feel about it it's rare uh, that one of us hates it and I'm, the other two oh, like it or vice versa and i'm gonna say objectively b plus like it's it's objectively it's everything i love in a story and it's everything that like needs to happen and it's exciting to be outside of the er but for some reason subjectively emotionally this one just wet fart for me and i feel so bad because i know it's a good episode is it because you hate the precocious little children (laughs) that that one line ruined it for her that little girl had to just open her after episode precocious little mouth worst episode of all time (laughs) maybe I don't know. I might. I might just if if I have some like this where I do where I take notes and I feel lukewarm on something. I may just like since we have such a gap in between notes and recording. I may just like step away for a day and then like on my lunch break have the episode on in the background and see if that makes a difference. Cause yeah, I should like this one. It ticks my boxes, but it just did not click with me this week. I I will say that out of all of the like out of the ER episodes we have had thus far. I mean we've had. Uh, I would say what Hell and High Water, uh, Long Way Around, Fathers and Sons, Family Practice. Uh, are there any others that I'm forgetting? I think, that the, I like think those are the big ones. The 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 four big ones we've had to this point, and I would say that out of all of those, this is probably the weakest of all of those. But it, I still think, uh, I still think that it's the best episode of this season thus far. Like I still think if I'm ranking the episodes from this season, I think it's it's in first place for me. Yeah, uh, yeah. thus far. It's um, but, yeah, it's solid of that, ten. Of that subgroup of out of the ER episodes, it's just it, it doesn't uh, it doesn't check as many of the boxes as some of those others do. But admittedly, and again, that's a very divisive subcategory. Some people really love the out of the ER episodes. Me being one of them. Um, some people absolutely fucking hate those episodes and skip them every time they rewatch them because they would rather just see the in the ER stuff, which I, is a choice. I, I think I'm just broken this week. <laughs> I'll revisit. And when we, when we record next week, I'll do an, a letter to the editor and let you know <laughs> if I really hated it as much as I did upon recording, but just didn't, just didn't do it for me. Michigan is just breaking you this week. It's fine. Excuse you. I am around. Cats. It's all this. It's all those cats. You're, I was going to say, it's all that, all those cats sitting in your lap and, all those belly rubs you're giving toaster. It's bringing me joy and peace in a turbulent, term, turbulent time. Yeah. No, but I'd say like this one is, it, it's kind of one and one a, like interchangeable with this between this and day for night for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably that's that's about where I'm at. I love I, I'm I am falling to the camp of being a fan of the out of the ER episodes, especially especially when you get a lot of actual Chicago geography and not just like nondescript neighborhood stuff, like where you can actually see the street signs and stuff and you're on the Brown line and you're actually at a different stop than you're normally at. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, they really stretched their legs yeah. with that this episode. They really like branched out of the Chicago geography stuff a little bit more than they usually do. They usually stick to the same three to four locations. This time they actually moved around quite a bit. Yeah, nice. which I was, which I'm always happy to see. Chicago's yeah. a beautiful city. Even the more rundown parts of it are still beautiful in their own way. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, tremendous location shots. Like the city is beautiful. They, they do a great job showcasing it, and it's the strongest. Uh, Carter and Lucy episode to date like they really are are trying to solidify that pairing not maybe not even necessarily as a romantic pairing just yet I still don't think that that's really in the cards uh, creatively at this point I don't think they've really um, thought in those terms at least not seriously uh, just yet but you can definitely see them trying to establish that Carter Benton dynamic between these two. Like you can really see them trying to put some real effort into making Lucy the new Carter of like, no, she really does want at the end of the day, like she wants to connect with him and she wants to uh, forge the same type of connection that Carter was trying to establish with Benton back in season one. Um, so in that, in those terms, I think it's an episode that does a lot of um, a lot of good and it's just kind of, a bummer when you realize how much of this is going to go to waste, you know, because it's, it's just not going to pan out. Um, but ultimately, I mean, I still, I think, I think it's one, uh, especially in that pantheon of like out of the ER episodes, it's one that I think kind of gets forgotten about. Like I don't really, when you were talking about this earlier, because I actually just watched this episode the day of the, 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 the day that we're recording for the first time this week. And like you were talking about it earlier, I was like, "What the fuck? Are, what what episode? What the fuck episode is he talking about?" <laughs> and honestly, if you would have told me that this was an episode of Yar, I would be like, "Okay, sure." Yeah, I just don't remember. I liked it, but I just yeah. don't remember it. I remembered it only because of Carter falling and dislocating his shoulder. I yeah, I remembered the concept. Like I remembered there was sort of, for lack of a better word, there was like a Carter and Lucy road trip episode, but it it's because there's also there's a Carter and Abby actual road trip episode later mm-hmm. on that like I think gets overlaid over top of this one in my memory. So like I don't know, like I said it's one of those ones that kind of gets forgotten about in that pantheon of out of the ER episodes, but it's still incredibly strong. It may not stack up with some of those like absolute monsters, you know, that are um Fathers and Sons and Long Way Around and all that stuff. Um and some of the ones that will come after it, but it's still very strong. Like, it's still really strong. And like I said, it, for my money, it is definitely in that one, one, a tier of best episode of this season with, uh, with day for night. So I'm here for it. All right. What do the listeners have to say about it, Lauren? Quite a lot that all disagrees with me. Um, let's start <laughs> Sorry, off with Charles. A- okay. I can't be right all the time. Charles, a says the first time I remember Carter showing an ounce of compassion for Lucy, Carly M. says, finding out that this was actually real meat that Kelly ran into was nasty. Also apparently unscripted. Angela G. says, this is when the showrunners really decided to ship Carter and Lucy so hard. Also one of the wildest tone switches when Carter enters the apartment where the woman has TB. Yeah, that was, um, that was, I think in a different episode, that would have taken over as the A-plot. It would have been so good. Like, I think that would, in a different episode, I think, like, they would have done, like, a misdirect. They would have made you think that the whole episode was going to be about this this search for this father. And then they would have, like, pulled the rug out from under you and been like, psych, TB outbreak, bitch. Like, they would have just, like, completely 180'd on you. And they really just kind of brushed this under the rug very quickly. Like, the TB thing goes away within a scene or two. Yep. Uh, Michelle K says, this is one of the episodes I have a hard time watching. Babies, kids possibly dying is my trigger. 
but I love that Lucy finally stands up for herself and makes Carter listen to her. Branner W. says, I like this episode. Some outside of the main plot stuff is well done, like the chaos of the admit desk when we have Weaver on the phone and everything buzzing around. Looks and feels like a busy nursing station. One thing that doesn't look and feel right is Roxanne, a.k.a. ageless time traveler Julie Bowen, wandering in and just being able to see and hear people's confidential shit and then know what the copper is working on Carter's case and so gets him to wait in the lounge until Carter comes in. It's not just her character that is able to do that, but would absolutely not happen IRL, surely. Not in hospitals that I have worked in anyway, even back in the 90s. Fair. Fair point. Robert O. says, The show giving us a tour of Chicago and seeing Soldier Field before the spaceship landed. I also enjoyed seeing how Lucy was being used as something other than a punching bag. Amen. For sure. And now we go over to our Twitter replies, starting with at Anita2987. A look at the team that Carter and Lucy could have made, but we only saw in this episode. You fought the good fight, Lucy, and tomorrow you will fight another one. At Baker Basic says... This is one of my favorite episodes of the show. I can't tell you why, because I don't know. I think it's a good mix of out of hospital and in hospital. I remember first watching it, and something about it struck me so hard, especially what Carter says to Lucy on the roof. You fought the good fight, and tomorrow you'll fight another one. Those have become words that I live by, and I don't know why there's just something about it. Even writing this, I'm like tearing up, and it's just, wow... I love this episode so much, I have to rewatch it. It's so funny to hear Lord reading that. <laughs> yeah. It's a great line. It is a, it's yeah. a tremendous line, and in, and I will say that it it's a line that works a lot better reading it back after the fact than it does when he says it. Because when he says it, it's good, but it doesn't have that, like... And maybe it's just because... You set the tone. It's not... Yeah, maybe because season five Carter doesn't have the same, you know, sort of gravitas to him that season one Benton did but like when season like when when because that's the role he's trying to fill he's trying to fill season one benton yeah and he just doesn't have the same charisma and gravitas to really like punch a line right where it needs to go to really make it an all-time great one because it is like you said it's an it's a great line in a vacuum but the delivery just like a little bit flatter than it should be but it's still it's still good our listeners have convinced me just through these comments i need to go rewatch it and get back to y'all um and finally at the full-time dad says this is one of my favorite episodes of the entire 15-year run everyone brings (laughs) their a game mark peter and doug are incredible this episode too the show is at its strongest when it strips away the extra storylines gives focus to one or two and lets the actors shine what you get is an episode that breathes keeps you at the edge of your seat while allowing you to experience every emotion the characters do and it's one of the last episodes to predominantly feature the city state cityscape as a star. All right, y'all. I was apparently just fucking not here when I watched this episode. I'm going to go watch it again and let y'all know what I think. Cause fuck. Also, have I ever even seen this show either? Just because like, I don't remember this one at all. Oh my God. I feel so bad now. Lizzie. Now uh, you know how I feel every week. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's, it's tailor made for you. It's, it's uh, basically Chicago geography, the ride. Like, no, I also think I think part of part of my problem now is that like right about now is when I'd be due for a rewatch, like Fair a complete enough. rewatch. And now we're doing this thing, so I feel weird jumping ahead and that's fair and doing everything. I don't know. Maybe I'm mean, we'll just do it anyway. 
Five, you five, mean five. like how I've just been picking random season 10 and 11 episodes because that's the ER that I love? Yeah. And, and I do that every so often too. But like, were we not... Do- were we not doing this podcast, I can almost guarantee I would be watch- I would have watched this show through at least twice during the pandemic. So oh, yeah, and full full time dad does make a good point here. Um, he went into I, I didn't clip his entire response here. He went into much greater detail in my DMs, which thanks for that. Uh, but um, it, he's right though that like this is one of the last episodes to really go deep with the Chicago geography. There'd be other location shots later on. Like uh, I know one I can think of off the top of my head in season six with Kovach and Carol at Wrigley field. Um, But this is one of the last episodes where it's like the whole, almost the whole episode is going to take place in Chicago and you're just going to get location shot after location shot after location shot. And it's just going to be like this love letter to Chicago. You mean Um, you don't love the one part of the random later seasons where they, uh, film on the far north side and pretend it's the south side. Yeah, like they they did a lot of that stuff later on, and they would also do some green screen stuff later on that wasn't great. Ay, 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 ay. So Lizzie, I knew Green you Day were gonna... stuff. Sorry, Lauren. I knew you were going to say the north side thing before you even said it. It's that's... it's the one. Honest to God, it's the thing that pisses me off the most about Only all the cause... Chicago geography stuff. Only because we lived in that neighborhood. Yeah, because we, we used that red line stop the like for a many multiple for several years. Anyway, before I get too infuriate, more infuriated by that, we're gonna say thank you for watching, or thank you for watching, thank you for listening. Thanks, Lauren, for watching. <laughs> really, yeah. thanks for rewatching. Thank you all very much for listening. Uh, the show is brought to you in part by our patrons over at patreoncom podcast. For only a dollar a month, you can get access to our show notes each week. For only $5 a month, you can get a free sticker featuring our favorite desk clerk, Jerry, two-week early access to all of our cast and crew interviews, and over 20 hours of bonus audio and video content, including the full season recap episodes, a bonus show called The Lounge, where we talk about whatever's going on for us in our lives in the world in that moment, movie reviews, where we talk about a movie featuring an ER cast member, and flash forwards, where we do a commentary track for future ER episodes. We'd also appreciate it if you would follow us on our social media accounts. We are at SetTheToneER on Twitter. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash the tone podcast, and we are at Saying the Tone Podcast on Instagram. Also, be sure to check out the official Saying the Tone community on Facebook. Our theme music is provided to us by Andrew M. Edwards and Daniel. Where can folks find you at? They can find me on Instagram at dan.u, that is y-o-u dot e-l. They can also find me on my other podcast, The Popular Court, with my co-host Jake Terrell, where we do a different pop culture topic each episode and put it through a little mock trial. And Lauren, where can folks find you at? Folks can find me revitalizing my love of Animal Crossing memes and also sharing my cross-stitch progress on my personal Twitter at lowbob92345. Brewster! Uh, and you can also find me on Twitter. I am at randomgamer, that's jm 3 r as well as on the Popular Court's YouTube channel, doing a Let's Play of It Takes Two with Jake Terrell. New episodes of that are out every Wednesday, and you can find those videos and much, much more at youtube.com slash thepopularcourt. Thanks again very much for listening. Please join us again next time, and have a great week.
met Anthony Edwards at a restaurant and he was really mean. <laughs> That's definitely going in the B-roll. <laughs> I was going to say, there's your, there's your B-roll. That's the B-roll. <laughs>